0: podcast is part of the sports social podcast network we all take on different roles every day one minute you're a parent the next a chef or a driver
1: Welcome to the Five Plan Podcast. Hooray. 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 Oh, oh, an applause already. Pod 394. It's our international break questions special. And uh joining us this week, Kevin Day is here. Hello. Hello. How are you?
2: Uh, I'm in a furnace talking to you, JD. I couldn't be happier.
1: <laughs> are you brilliant? Are you an international break fan? No, I don't like the
2: international break. I, I well, I love watching football. I got a bit cross during the England Andorra game when they started inevitably talking about the fact that little teams like that shouldn't be allowed in the grown up competitions. Cause I firmly believe that little teams like that should be in the grown up competitions. <laughs> Basically, you know, it's, I don't see any reason why Andorra and Liechtenstein and countries like that can't be in the same, but otherwise, yeah, I'd, I'd rather be watching Premier League football to be perfectly honest, given the choice between the Premier League and international football.
1: I think I'd rather watch the Premier League shared by a lot of people. Uh, also joining us this week, Joe Walker is back. Hello to you. Hello, JD. You all right? Yeah, good. How are you? International football fan? Break. Sorry, break, not football. It's very different.
3: The, uh, the break, not so much. I, it's England qualifiers are very difficult because there's... I guess it's the opposite of being a Palace fan. There's this expectation to win pretty much every game. <laughs> and there's no yeah. atmosphere for the most most of the home games. And... Yeah, I, the viewing experience of a game against Andorra, I agree with you, Kevin. I, I think they are 100% in their rights. to. There they shouldn't be a, a pre-qualifying phase might benefit them playing each other more often. As it, I mean, For example, North Macedonia qualifying for the Euros via the Nations League, add a little bit more competition to those sized teams. But I don't have any issue with them playing. I have an issue watching it. That, that's more my issue. Yeah, fair yeah. point uh right and
1: our final guest i'm gonna ask her as well for her opinion delighted to have her back on first pod of the season it's the one and only chloe pets hello to you how you doing
4: hello mate i'm very happy to be back i've missed you all oh Oh. we've missed you too it's
1: great to have you back and now international break yay or nay uh
4: oh yay i'm still i still have the um the problem that i still have eternal hope in england um And, you know, some of that has has paid off over the past couple of years when we've actually been good. So, as a general rule, international breaks could take them or leave them. This one, very exciting because I think um, I have real confidence in this team. I think we've got better, if anything, since the Euros. I think Declan Rice is an incredible player. Watching Raheem Sterling step up has been incredible. And, you know whatever people say about the little teams being in there it let us rotate our whole starting 11 and what's exciting about that is you've got the likes of Bukayo Saka in there you've got Jude Bellingham you know you, you've got all these young lads coming through and that's really exciting to get to have a look at them you can put Trent Alexander-Arnold in midfield and see if that experiment works, which it absolutely <laughs> didn't um, yeah I think it was great I think this specific international break was brilliant
3: you know
2: wow. Actually, actually this break was better off the point at West Ham, that made it much yeah. more much more exciting as well. But the thing that made me laugh the most about the england Andorra game, I was watching it with with Ed was the, the constant camera shots of the crowd. Look at this happy family crowd here. This represents England more than that unfortunate incident a few weeks ago where loads of coked-up racists charged the gates. That's not us. This is, this is yeah. us. Look, that look wasn't at us family. a few
1: months ago. No. No. Look these happy no. families no. enjoying this
3: right. game. Oh, it's, it was, it was hilarious. I tell you I, I'll I tell, sorry, I tell you what that Andorra game did remind me of in a Palace context. Uh, Patrick Bamford starting getting an hour and, <laughs> and going off <laughs> without a goal, it, it reminded me, not just of his time at Palace, but do you remember that stage where Andy Johnson finally got into the England setup? up I remember, I think he'd gone to Everton by this point, but he was a starter for England for about two or three qualifiers, and his first start for England was against Andorra away. And I thought, here we go, like this is going to be yeah. the redemption, we're going to be proved right that he is England level and he'll stay there forever. And again, got subbed after an hour, no goal. And uh, David Nugent came on and nicked that goal. I don't know if you remember that one where he <laughs> nicked it off the oh line. God, yeah. And I hate that. I've, I've resented David Nugent f- since forever.
1: Another player linked with another
3: uh, Palace yeah. link, kind of. What? The world's cross. worst BBS friend. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's still in the Saints' car park, I think, isn't he?
1: Uh,
4: oh, gosh. Uh, I do sh- think that's, that is a great point, though, about, um, you know, sometimes international breaks you're begrudging because of your club team because you've built up a bit of momentum. But mm. this one... I think we were like, you give this team another two weeks together, that's going to be useful. Yeah,
1: good point. Yeah, especially with some of the injuries as well. Well, we'll come on to that later on because we will obviously preview that game with Spurs um, at the weekend. Before we do that, uh, guys, I'm delighted to announce that this week we are sponsored by Matthew J.I. Wood. He's sponsored our podcast before in the past and we're delighted to have him back. He's a Sheffield-based graphic designer and huge Crystal Palace fan. And he creates beautiful football prints and he has another fantastic offer just for FYP listeners. Matthew is offering 20% off everything on his site, and that includes prints, frames, canvases, and mugs. His Palace range has three new fantastic prints, two designs based on the When Eagles Dare documentary, a Sabutio type team lineup, and a lovely design of Wembley, which is a nod to the final, of course, and a new superb Selhurst Park design. We'll put them on our Instagram and Twitter so people can see them. And if you visit MatthewJIWood.com and use the code FYP20 at the checkout, you can get 20% off your order on anything across his store, and that runs until the end of September. So be Quick, and it's lovely to have Matthew back on board this week. Um, can I get a drum roll for a random patron shout out, please? Beautiful. It's Mr. This is a great one, Ian Flux. I think Whoa. it might yeah. be made up. I think it might be made up. But anyway, Ian Flux, if it is your real name, uh, thank you very much for joining us. And what a name you have. Uh, and you can join our FYP patron and get all the awards like Mr. Ian Flux does, including post match pod, patron only merchandise, and access to the WhatsApp club at patron.com. Forward slash FYP podcast. Also, oh, all that. patrons get twenty percent off our new line of merchandise, which includes uh, a brand new Hillsborough Heroes twenty ten t-shirt, which currently is being modelled by the one and only Danny Butterfield on our socials. So go and have a look at that now. Uh, Danny is uh, modelling our new tea and looking very delighted with it, as you would be if you bought it as well from podcastmerch.co.uk forward slash fyp hyphen podcast. If you're a patron, you get twenty percent off.
2: We do know that some uh, Patreon names are made up, J.D., because you did exactly that four weeks ago when you forgot the name you'd written down.
3: (laughs) I
1: don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) We would never do that on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) We're way too professional. Um, We've also got Kevin. Sure, There's loads more admin here. Um, Our live podcast tickets have now gone on sale to the general public, so they were on Mm. sale to the patrons last week. Um, Half the venue has sold out already. We're back at the Streatham Space Project uh, in Streatham Hill. 11th of November, that's a Thursday night at 7.30pm, we are back on stage, Kevin, podding with a secret guest who we won't reveal yet, um, but we're delighted to be back on stage and hopefully people can snap up those last few tickets.
2: Yeah, I can't wait, it's going to be um, it's one of those things all the way through lockdown when we kind of were planning this but didn't know whether we'd be able to do it and touch what it looks like, we'll be able to go ahead and it'll be, it'll be one of those milestones that we're all sort of ticking off as we gradually leave. The horror of the last eighteen months behind, and I think it'll be it'll be lovely, and might even be easier to get a drink than it was in the half weight against Brentford too. So you <laughs> never know.
4: Is it one of these things where you <coughs> know who the special guest is, or is it you haven't found the guest? So you're <laughs> just saying <they're> <laughs> <special>. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's
2: right. I, whatever
4: I say
1: now, people would believe it, wouldn't they? Either way, just, um, I
4: just I just want to know. Can you tell me after who it is?
1: I can tell you after. Okay, cool. It's a good one. It's a really, really good one. It's going to be a really good night. Um, So do get your tickets now. They're on uh, eventbrite.co.uk. Just go and search for FYP Live Podcast and get your ticket. Now they're £10 each, which is a bargain. Final bit of admin. The next issue of FYP, the actual hard copy fanzine, is out on sale this Saturday against Spurs. It's an FYP slash one more point crossover episode. So Chris Lehman, who used to edit one more point, has edited this issue. It's jam-packed with all sorts of stuff, including a really good, exclusive interview with Sandor Torgelli done by the one and only Akos Whoa. Kovac wow. and it's really really good really revealing really really good so do get uh, your hands on on um, a copy for £2 each what a bargain that is in the current climate as well um, and that's on sale basically before the Spurs game I know it's an early kickoff, so get down there extra early and get yourself a copy uh, but we'll be doing online copies as well after the game if you can't make it to Palace. Well, I
3: imagine with, imagine with the queues of the Brentford game getting in, I imagine we're, it won't be too difficult to get your copy and still make yeah. it in.
1: Ideal for selling as well, actually. Yeah, the lazy perfect. sellers amongst us.
3: Perfect. Um, but
1: yeah, do look up... There'll be sellers, I think, top of the homestyle bottom of the homestyle and round by Sainsbury's as well. So uh, there you go. Wow, what a lot of admin that is this week. We can finally get on to actually talking about Palace matters. Before I crack on with our questions... Uh, Joe, I'm going to come to you for this because I saw you retweet this earlier. Something crazy has happened that I've never seen before in my entire life. A Sun journalist has apologised for getting a story wrong. Yeah. <clears throat> and that story involves Crystal Palace.
3: What, what, what a strange... So, for those that don't know, the, the Sun uh, reported on the... I think it's the New York Red Bulls coach has said he will not replace Patrick Vieira if he loses his job. So, and despite strong links, that was one of the quotes. So it implied that there'd been reports that Vieira was under pressure and Palace were looking at a replacement and they'd asked this New York Red Bulls coach, I forget his name, forgive me, but he...
1: Struber is his name.
3: He was um, the Barnsley manager prior to Ishmael coming in. Mm. And um, yeah, it seems they'd either had a... uh, a, a, (laughs) They'd asked him straight up or via his agent, would he consider the job? And he'd said no. Um, And then, yeah, that obviously got Coated by Palace fans who were just like, Where is what? What strong links? What that? Where's this come from? And he really, uh, the journalist really backtracked and put out an official apology and said, I think I've really misconstrued the story or what I've got, uh, what I've asked about and chased for quotes. And he pulled the article, which is quite something.
1: Yeah,
2: he must have had my guess is that he would have had an email of some sort with some kind of person with letters after their name suggesting that he. It with, with draw the it 's very unusual for journalists, especially tabloid journalists, to to pull an article and backtrack without them having some call like, a legal right. warning suggesting that that would be the wise option no.
1: it even, but it I just goes
2: f- to show, it just goes to show as well that and i 'm as guilty as this of everybody else. We all fall for ninety nine percent of these stories, even though we know they 're made up and they 're made up differently at certain, you know The times will make a story up as well as some local Online reporting service will make a story up, I and mean, we know that we buy into it, and we still we still go down to pub and say, "Have you seen this story? We've got a new manager lined up." And we go, well, you know we haven't.
4: Still, it seems a pretty trivial trivial one for them to apologise for, given <laughs> some of the other Actually, apologies yes. that we're yeah. still waiting for. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yes, no point. Very true. Very true. But we like we do like to see it. if more journalists could apologise for stuff as well. It sounds like he's obviously got his wires crossed, but uh, I just thought that was pretty crazy because it hasn't been Chloe any. I mean, I've obviously got two points in the first games That's not a bad return so far I don't think any Palace fans I think there's pressure on Vieira this early it's way too early
4: yeah I mean two points off you would have hoped for a win against Brentford at home but they beat they beat Arsenal the week before so you can't really complain and I think it was more about for me like I said if we don't get anything from the West Ham game or show up at the West Ham game then I think I would be really worried but um, the fact that we fought back to a 2-2 draw And there were so many positive signs I think, yeah, give them, give them a shot and, and everything seems really positive And everyone seems really happy mm. Whereas with the ball It was just everyone was like What, what the hell is going on basically I
3: do, I do think externally I, I, th- I think it t- says a lot more about what Whether it's the media Or just people outside of Palace Think this project is how it looks How it's unfolding and I think we'll, we'll continue to get these whispers of, oh, spoke, you know, care for what you wish for, until it really kicks into probably November or something. So it just just arm yourselves for, after the Tottenham game, the Liverpool game, yeah. God forbid the Brighton game, if it's all knives out and stuff. And I, but I think internally within the club and the fan base, I think we're all pretty positive, right? Or at least seeing, mm. seeing the baby steps, if not a rev- like instant revolution. Well, I think even in the Brentford game, the differences, as Chloe
2: says, with the ball, even in the Brentford game, you could see what he was trying to yeah. do, what he's trying to build towards. And the fact is, I've been slightly surprised by the media agenda, uh, and and I hope there will be a lot of backtracking because I, I was amazed by how many people tipped us for relegation. Chris Sutton, for example, on on six hundred six straight away. The attitude of Vieira, <coughs> considering what he did as a player in the Premier League, seems to be surprisingly negative. The press. Pundits on Sky seem to ignore the fact that we bought better players, and we we're everybody's to, to the extent that Newcastle's main fan website last week had a huge story out of the fact that they were better odds to escape relegation than we were, and how how was that? And we we were a much better team. And I think until November December, you'll see that narrative trying to unfold. For some reason, the press decided that Vieira was the wrong choice for Palace. What you can take whatever implication you want from that. Some of the criticism he got before he even started, and I think it will be a while until the press suddenly, as they will do, as Chris Sutton will do, suddenly goes, "I never said that. I didn't. I, I, I said they'd win the European the European Europa League. I said they'd win that. You know, so it's, that's that's what happened. And I, I don't know whether that was some kind of loyalty to, to Roy Hodgson. I don't know whether that, it was that some kind of oh here we go, some you know another English manager hasn't been replaced by an English coach or whatever it was, but it's just the narrative from the start has been Palace have got a worse coach than they had before and they're going to go down. And I think that the story in the sun kind of feeds feeds into that as well, that you know, they assume that Palace fans feel the same way.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, as a lot of people tweeted or commented on that tweet, there's six teams that are worse than us currently in the table. We're currently 14. So yeah. where's the stories about their managers being under pressure? I think there yeah. are a lot of people who are gunning for Vieira to fail and want it to fail and because it makes a story for them or whatever. So... As you say, depending on results, next few weeks, there'll be people probably pushing the same agenda. But I think, as Jerry says, I think we can see that the steps that are being taken so far. I know it's only three games. very, very early doors to be drawing con- con- conclusions. But I think we can see, certainly in that West Ham game, yeah. what they're trying to do with this project. Um, yeah.
4: I just think my, my only worry is that we just need to be really careful because Vieira is unproven. And I think it could be one of those cases like potentially Fulham... Um, last season or Bournemouth I believe the season before that maybe the season before that um, where it was lots of talk around like these guys will be fine, they're playing good football um, they'll they'll get themselves out of this um, and all the right signals are there but then the results just keep not coming and it's always it's a good performance but it's going to click into place and then it just doesn't click into place so I wouldn't want to sort of you know uh, sort of mindlessly float into that area where in January, February, things are dangerous. Um, yeah, so I think we just need to keep a little eye on it.
2: I think he, <clears throat> that's a fair point, though he, know, he doesn't know the Premier League as a manager, but if anyone knows the fitness levels, the strength levels, the endurance levels you need to win games in that division, if anyone knows that you can't... Or, you know, he played for an Arsenal team that were quite happy to bully their way to 1-0 wins... If they couldn't play the really exciting football, if they, that they would prevent. It. He knows there are different ways of winning games. So, his 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 level of experience the Premier League is is second to none. It's just as a manager, he has no experience. But it stop it doesn't stop Roy Keane pontificating about how Premier League games should be what should be won. So, I, I mean, I've been that's why I was so surprised by the the level of. Anticipation that there was that Palace were going to immediately go down, and I I think it's something to do with the the huge contrast between the manager we lost and the manager we brought in. I think the press expected that we would go for Sean Dyche or a Sean Dyche type character, and I think we kind of they ended up on the back foot when we didn't. I, I, to be honest, with hindsight, I think I don't know. Santos started well for for Tottenham. I think Vieira is a better fit for us as a club than than he would have been. I think he would have tried to change too much.
4: I would too have, soon, yeah. I would have taken Nuno over Vieira any day of the season. Really? Any day of the week. Yeah, of course. Of course. I think he's he's a better manager and he's proven. Uh, that's not to say Patrick Vieira won't one day be a better manager, but I would have taken Nuno any day of the week,
2: yeah. But, but we would have spent 160 million quid now on Portuguese players that we couldn't get rid of when we got relegated.
4: Yeah, yeah. so, you
2: fair. know,
4: I think,
1: yeah, the so yeah, well. other. But all, I mean, for, also, for, yeah, I was going to say, the, 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 the transfer, the, if Palace hadn't signed the players they'd signed, I, I probably would. I think as a Palace fan, I'm always slightly leaning towards pessimistic. Anyway, so I've always got that slight inkling in my head of, oh, this this could go terrible. And and as you say, Chloe, keep an eye on it, mm. definitely. Um, but I think signings wise, they've been they've they've ticked so many boxes. That's that's what makes me feel confident about going forward in the next few weeks that, or next few months that they've done. I what, what they've need to do so far.
4: What boxes do you think they needed to tick? Because I'm the pessimist in me is again looking at that, going, we've signed two guys that got relegated with Fulham we've signed a young chap from the championship that is unproven in the Premier League we you know what, 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 what but, but then I also look at it and get really excited so I, think what,
2: we've, I think we've ticked I think what's really interesting and obviously this is only anecdotal and it's only based on a, a sample of five or six people but of all the people we brought in, Gallagher's sort of a slight on a level of his own, but so many football fans think that Will Hughes was arguably our most intelligent signing of the, of the summer, considering how much we paid for him. Because I think he'll probably go straight into the team on top. I think we've, we've ticked the creativity and energy in midfield box, we've mm. ticked the, the link between defence and attack in midfield. I, I, it remains to be seen whether uh, Edouard is there as competition for Benteke or is the answer to the the goal problem? I I think right back is someone, I I really wanted a right back in this, and I think think it's almost the perfect transfer window, but for a right back. And I think as well the fact that we've bought players rather than brought them in on loan is a really positive move. Um, And Anderson, I mean, Anderson was brilliant for Fulham the first six months of the season. I know they... I, I, your point about them coming for relegated teams is always is always a worry, but you know Gallagher is playing for a better team than he was when he was at West Brom. It's as simple as that. He you know he's implied that quite heavily that he's much happier here because he's with better players. He's in a, a better team. You know, West Brom weren't relegated because of Gallagher. Fulham weren't relegated because of Anderson. Arguably, they would have been relegated before if it wasn't if it wasn't for those players. I'll be. A, I, I, We said this in the last poll. I wasn't. I'm still not convinced by Anderson at the moment. I have to say, certainly at at West Ham. But I do think we've had a a good transfer, and that's what we've got better players. That's why I'm so so, again to come back. I sound like a stuck record. So bemused by the amount of people that have got us down as relegation favourites, because I think I think we've got five players who are better than the players we had this time last season. And yes, I know we've lost a manager. Uh, who, who you could argue is 99% guaranteed to keep us up. But I'll tell you what, I watched Burnley's game against Leeds after the day after our game. against. Leeds. I'd rather watch Palace at the moment than Burnley, Yeah, to be perfectly honest.
1: I think, there's, um, I think there's fair question marks around Gehi making a step up, Alise, obviously we haven't seen much of him yet. Anderson was very good for Fulham, and I think maybe signed too late for them. I think a lot of Fulham fans thought they did all their business a bit too late in the season and would have done better if people had come earlier. Mm. Edward, mm. we don't know. Could be, Some players are brilliant in Scotland to come down and continue. Some don't. So we'll see. I think I, I think we're about two or three short of what would have been a fantastic window if we've got another, another winger. Um, I, I'd like cover at left-back as well, potentially. Yeah. Uh, but it's not yeah, been yeah. bad at all. Joe, what are your thoughts on, on the window? Are you, are you, are you happy?
3: I, I was pleasantly surprised. Obviously, I guess we didn't know about the investment that was coming in from John Texter to essentially fund all of this i remember early as the first signings were coming in i was becoming more if you can be continue to be pleasantly surprised increasingly because i was thinking, where's this money coming from i didn't know we had this it's because we knew we had to get players in i just was surprised by the sheer quantity that we managed to get and the quality of them and the amount that we were paying for i think the the change in center back if we're going to play win the ball high up the pitch we need to have people for me, I loved Sacco when he was fit. And I think one of the key differences, whether or not he, he was always good at it, he was very good at trying to start attacks. Um, mm. You know, you'd, you'd hold your breath while he would sort of control a long ball on his chest and then backheel heel it as a through ball. But when it, when it, <laughs> when it worked, you, like, he had a surprising amount of assists to his name in the Premier League, which were, up, were up at Palace. So the idea of bringing in defenders who could be on the pitch more than 10 times a season, who were playing with that sim- similar sort of confidence... I'm really encouraged by. I was um, and thus far certainly with gay more so than Anderson. Been a little bit encouraged by the physicality to accompany that as well. Um, midfield, I'm still a bit jittery to go from. It's a real jump from all f- all three cloggers, you know, really tough guys to you know Will Hughes arguably being the most kind of toughest midfield starter at the moment, depending on. If he starts ahead of Kujate or Milivojevic okay. or MacArthur, who I, I still love as a player, but I know we're in a, probably his last couple of years with the club. Um, as for the striker, um, Edouard, we'll see. I, I've I've tried to do this is the most basic an- analytics research I did. I got do you remember the Celtic striker Musa Dembele, who essentially was they were played together for a bit him and Edouard, but he was the precursor mm. um, when he he left for a similar. Or less money, actually, but he then was a, was a similar age to Edward, had a similar goal record to Edward in Scotland. He went to Lyon and scored 15 goals in league goals in two consecutive seasons. So obviously, they, they, they're two different players, but as a kind of very loose metric, I thought <laughs> that, that, that I'm, I'm, happy, I'm confident enough that give him the chances and he'll score. It's well, just as
1: firstly, we'll take 15
3: goals in the next absolutely. season. Absolutely. Well. And secondly, we love loose metrics on this
1: show. Oh, good.
2: So, <laughs> yeah. Don't Great
1: worry
2: about manager. that. <laughs> I think, Luca, the, in the minutes, two things there. I think <clears throat> when Luca's fit, uh, it will be Luca and Gallagher plus one other. OK. I think until Luca's fit, it will be Kiati and Gallagher plus one other. And I think on Saturday, probably be, that probably will be Will Hughes, is, is my guess. The text of things really interesting because when... His announcement was was made. They were, the club were heavily implying that his money was going to go into infrastructure rather than players. They were really selling the idea that we would have bought these players anyway. That we'd cleared the decks in terms of wage bill, and that we had, for various reasons, seventy, eighty million pound floating around from accountancy uh, things, that, and and Texter was extra money on top of that, but. It, it's hard. It's hard not to believe that there's suddenly the fact that we're signing these players pro- on proper deals wasn't related to to
3: his money. Yeah. Uh, I, think,
2: I think wherever it comes from is well, very well. Yeah,
3: absolutely. Um, and it, and what it meant as well is that we got relatively strong value in the market because you could, you can yeah. see a lot of a lot of clubs don't seem to have the reserves at the moment or the cash reserves, and so just low, relatively low balling clubs for some of these players. We've got a lot more for the money than we would have two years ago.
1: Yeah, because I saw um, uh, Sissoko went to Watford, and part of me was like, oh, big signing, why haven't we gone for him? And I thought, over 30, huge wages. Actually, that's exactly yeah. the signing we're trying to get away from for yeah. this window. Yeah. And as you say, yeah. we, we absolutely have done with the signings we've made. Guys, shall I ask a question, seeing as this is a questions special? Um, let me dip into it. we had a couple about Edward actually, so I'll go to them first. Jamie Penston-Raja. Hi, Jamie. Hi, Jamie. Um, Has says, uh, when will we see Edward play? Against Spurs might be too soon, but perhaps it's a free hit to see how he's settling, or is he expected to be back up to Benteke? And Robin Say, uh, Robin Robin. says, how will the new front line look and work moving forward? Chloe, what do you reckon?
4: Oh, I really don't know. I don't think we'll see him this um, weekend because I think they tend to err on the side of caution. (laughs) Maybe on the bench and he'll come off. Um, Come on, sorry. Um... I mean, right, who's a nail on? Zaha's a nail on. Mm -hmm. I think Edouard will start over Benteke. I don't think he's there as backup to Benteke. I think he starts. And then I think it will be a case of Elise. That would be our front three. And then when Eze comes in, um, well, it'll be interesting to see if he plays Eze on the left side of midfield or um, as a winger. Um, Mm -hmm. I am not certain what he will do there but I think it will be sort of Elise and Eze battling for a similar spot and then maybe if we're playing a weaker team or we need to break someone down he'd play both yeah I mean Eze Eze played
1: sort of in the middle mid three one of the two in the three in front of Luca or Gyro. I think it was towards the end of last season so but already Kevin I mean just from hearing Chloe talk there we're talking about options we're talking about (laughs) the good (laughs) good (laughs) kind of headache that we haven't had for a long time and
2: to to be perfectly honest I'd forgotten Eze as an option I forgot we had him to come back. I, the Edward ones the most here. What I'd, part of me would quite like to see Edward start against Brighton, score a backheel nutmeg, and then never, <laughs> never come played. in the first team, <laughs> never come in the first team again. I'd, I'm I, 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 the Benteke Edward thing. I, I generally don't know. My my instinct is cause I thought Benteke had such a good last half hour against. Uh, excuse me. Um, that's,
4: had my, had that's such a good last now um, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, Had such a good last half hour against West Ham. I, 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 I don't know whether he is going to gonna replace Benteke. I can't see any way they, they can play together. I really can't see any way they can they can play together. But I, yeah. But if Edouard was the backup to Benteke, I don't. I, it's an interesting. And again, it comes back to that that massive dilemma. The the the, the step up between Scottish football and the Premier League is a is a big one and it it could be that he wants to have a look at him in the but I mean but again he's a player we were linked with last year so we've been after him for a while but it's again like Chloe says that we've got we finally got these options to choose from we've got you know and again we're all assuming that there will be different line-ups against different sorts of teams so that and we'll see how that plays I mean, out. What,
4: one of the speculative signings of a striker has got to pay <laughs> off, surely. <laughs> and sure, like, come on, we've had such a bad hit rate that surely this is the one that's going to come off. Yeah.
1: yeah, the only one, one that paid sick- off recently is the one that we already had that forgot to score goals and then decided he would start scoring again.
4: Yeah. Yeah, but again, he's, he's such a confidence player that if he goes a few games out getting a goal, then we're back into that rut again with him, aren't we? Um, I, I, what I was just thinking there is maybe like uh, my idea would be a four two three one where there's a in the number ten role um, because you know he he was clearly towing the party line last year when he was like no I love to play on the left hand side of a of a, of a midfield three it's like, no you don't <laughs> um, yes yeah, so maybe maybe Vieira would want to unleash them all
3: I think uh, this weekend d- we'll get a answer but I don't think we'll get the answer because if I unless I misread last night uh, Jordan Ayew has. Sort of strained his hamstring on international duty. So maybe we might see Edouard on the right of that free, of a front free, which. That's
4: interesting. I feel like if that
3: worked, I imagine we would keep pressing on with it because going back to what we said on the transfer dealings, I would have probably liked another more out and out winger on that side where IU's been playing. Um, So if if it's Edouard there for Saturday, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know if that was the intention when he was signed, but uh, who knows how that will play out.
2: Well, the other issue is, I'm sorry if somebody said this while I was dealing with that phone call, Wilf doesn't like playing on the right and isn't half as effective on the right. And at the moment with the players we brought in, it's hard to see him not being the square peg in the round hole, to be, to be perfectly honest, because if, if you're playing Wilf on the left, then where are you going to put some of the other new players? It's
1: a, but again, it's a, good, it's a good dilemma to have. It is. And I'd also completely forgotten about Jordan, are you? So there we go. Me
4: too. This is an absolutely horrid thing to say because it's not a blessing in disguise for Jordan Ayew, but it might be a blessing in disguise for the team because, like again, a couple of seasons ago, he had that amazing. He was our top scorer and did some like amazingly spectacular things, and I think he's a really likable chap. But I do think he's a bit slow and sometimes cumbersome. Um, in the way that he plays, and I just don't, I don't see him as a winger. But I also don't no. see him as a striker. No, I, I think he's yeah. sort of a bit of one of those like <laughs> yeah. no man's land players that you're not. They're a bit of one thing and a bit of another, and and are never quite right.
2: Well, back in the day, he always described himself as a number ten. That's yeah. where he said he wanted to play. But it's it's hard to imagine with the players we brought in, that he's anywhere near a starting position to be perfect. But there again, Andros Townsend has gone to Everton is starting I'm there, so you wouldn't well. believe that He wouldn't have and doing well. So. He, You wouldn't have thought that would be the case either.
1: Well, that's crazy, isn't it? Well, we'll find out on Saturday. Or at least as show says we'll find find something out on Saturday. (laughs) Um, Let's wrap up part one there. Uh, Not many questions asked. Sorry, guys, but we'll ask more in part three. But in part two, we're going to try a new
0: feature. We all take on different roles every day. One minute, you're a parent. The next, a chef or a driver. That's why the Volvo XC40 Recharge is designed to be as versatile as you are. It's fully electric and includes a 360-degree camera, Google built-in, and more. Contact your local retailer to learn more or visit volvocars.com US. The Volvo XC40 Recharge, for every you. Some equipment optional. Google is a trademark of Google LLC. This summer, go to the movies. Projected on the side of a mountain. Discover a new favorite restaurant, your campsite. Find yourself when you lose your signal. Discover a new playlist, Mother Nature. Make your summer special at the Kia Summer Sales Event with a dependable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely, event N7523.
1: Welcome back to part two of the Five Plan podcast. 4 sponsored by graphic designer and palace fan Matthew J I Wood, who is offering twenty percent off his entire range of prints, mugs, canvases, and frames to grab yours and get your discount. Enter the code FYP twenty at checkout at Matthew J I Wood. Dot com. And uh, this is the part of the show where we say goodbye to <coughs> our patrons slash public people, depending on what feed you're listening on. If you're on the patron feed, <laughs> we're going to try a new feature just for you guys. Um, if you're on the public feed, you'll now get a clip from the most recent pod where Rob, Dom and Selzy do talk about uh, Palace's transfer dealings and deadline day this uh, summer.
2: So can we, uh, can we find a nicer way to describe them as the public? <laughs> well, they are the public. The, I know, but it's a patron yeah. yeah, right. They've been our loyal listeners for years before these Truth. flash patrons came and all waving their money about. <laughs> it's just to get. Patrons. Egg, we just, love just, the I'm patrons. not just like it. Of course, we love the patrons, but we love our regular listeners as oh, well. The right, Riffraff.
4: Riffraff. Riff.
3: <laughs> riff-raff. <laughs> Right. What, it, what, was well, it, what was it? What was it, what was it the, the, the the Super League was called? Legacy fans. The legacy Le- fans. <laughs> <laughs> <you go>.
1: okay. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, if you're listening no. on the legacy feed,
3: yeah. then you will get a
1: click on one extra. But if you are <laughs> and if you want to hear the patron what the patrons get, do go to patreon.com forward slash podcast. Uh, but we will make that split between the legacy fans and the patrons
5: now.
2: Do
5: you think do you think though Adam that that's maybe just just partly to do with a change of your expectations a little bit because that Pardew side if you if you took some of the players out of that Pardew side and put them into the current team you'd probably say that we wouldn't be we wouldn't have the kind of quality that we would need I, I think to me when you look at like I, I love Jason punchin but I think that that you end up you know maybe he's not a good example but that when when Pardew first arrived into the in, at Palace, one of his striker options was um, uh, what's his name from Reading that we that we signed, wasn't it? The, Kevin the, Doyle. The, yeah, Kevin Doyle. And and uh, we we ended up with um, who was the Arsenal striker as well? Um go. No go. Yeah, yeah, no go. So you know, I, got I, his
6: double now. He came
5: from Moss. You know, and, <laughs> and, and, and and then you end up you end up in this situation where we 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 let Glenn Murray go and we brought in Connor Wickham who really, who who really struggled to kick on and never really kind of lived up to that potential. I think if you look at the team now, my, what I would have wanted this transfer window is to see Crystal Palace, the players that have left to have been, to to have been replaced by players that as good, if not better than the ones that have left. And I think in, in the case of our centre-back pairing, um, the 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 jury's going to be out a little bit in terms of are they going to be up to Mamadou Sacco's level but are they going to play more games than Mamadou Sacco? very likely i would think so you know are, are they are they capable are they good passers of the ball we now have a, have two center back pairings uh, two center backs who can pass the ball who are comfortable in possession i think Gaye Ge- had a, had some issues at the weekend against West Ham. But that was, to me, that seemed more of a blip than anything else. And then when you look at our attacking options, you know, is is Elise better than what we had before? That, again, the jury's out, but this was a player that we signed for, what, £8 million, having been the Championship's best player last season. So it is one of those things where I think, as I say, the, the hope is that you improve the squad in terms of what we have. Now, the depth is an issue, but I would argue that the depth is actually, it's it, it, maybe one more winger would have been sufficient, would have done, would have been better for us. Well, perhaps even the, Rob, a,
6: a, a winger that
5: could have played centre foot like Jordan, are you?
6: You know, somebody yeah. that could play both, both roles, you know? Yeah.
5: And I think I th- we've all been very quick to write off players that we have currently already. You know, are you, for example, I I write him off all the time. I do. I just do. It's just what I do. I see him play (laughs) and I think... He's not like, this is the, finally, this is the season where he's not going to be up to it. And yet against West Ham, he proved his worth. He, he, he he did a brilliant job against West Ham, picking up possession, running at opponents. It's a little bit, there's an element of one dimensional kind of, he has a tendency a little bit to run into, into blind alleys. But he, in this, on this occasion against West Ham, he cut inside frequently. He made things really difficult because they kind of overloaded their, their defense defenders. So I I think there has to be an element of faith in the players that we have and improve the team with what you know, with the signings that we have done. To me, it feels like a a stronger squad than we had at the at the end of last season. And that's apart from maybe the depth lacking a little bit. But in terms of the quality, don't you think that the the side is actually the players we've signed have been of a better quality than we would have probably expected?
6: Um
5: well, we spent about
6: sixty million, circuit Dom. So far, Are we there or thereabouts. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think it's. I think we can be pleased with that. I think, I think we can't complain too much about the the quality. And I think Edward could still end up being the bargain of the century if he can can reach his level and his and his and and and, and his capability. Let's say if he fulfills his potential, we've got probably a £50 million striker and not a £15 million striker there. But, you know, I I don't see, I think we've got plenty of good players and plenty of talent, but I just think it might just be a little bit thin. And, you know, if you're putting a, you know, if you wanted to fill the team, for instance, as I said, with that front line and, Everett Yezzy playing on the left side of midfield you know you you know if you need to change a game your substitute options really are going to be limited to the likes of Jordan Ayew and Jesra and Raksaki
5: which I'm not sure is enough in that respect you know Jeffrey Schlup, maybe you know again the, I think I actually feel a little bit sorry for Jeffrey Schlupp, because I feel like he is a, a player of every position that you can think of. You know he, he could play at left back, center midfield, he could play in a kind of attacking center midfield role. He could play as a left winger. He doesn't really have a speciality as such, does he? And, and yet And yet he would be a decent enough option bringing you know under Roy Hodgson, if we brought on Jeffrey Schlupp, that, was always, that always seemed a bit of a positive. like this is a guy who can run directly at opponents. He's got pace. He's powerful. I th- it, it, to me, that seems like a that. It's not the worst thing in the world. It's not. Again, I don't feel like the, t- the squad is weakened. What are your thoughts, Dom, on the, the transfer window as a whole?
7: Um, I, I think it needs a context. Really, I think when you lose ten players and all on big money, all of pretty much a weighty weight of experience, um, I that's a massive transformation that you're taking on it's a it's a massive task to to make you to ensure that you're still competitive in the division uh, particularly if one of the other things you're trying to do is to lower the average age so that you're no longer the lo- the oldest squad in the Premier League as well uh, i think we all agreed that it was quite that the time was right for a lot of these players to move on uh, and that there was going a massive element of risk because of the size of the task that the recruitment department were were embarking upon i think they've done a bloody good job in terms of in terms of bringing in seven players um effectively to to plug as, as much of that as possible out of the 10 i think that's 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 pretty good going um it's not perfect it it's never perfect we can look back in hindsight at periods in in our recent past and think they were a lot better than they actually were. Um, when under Pardew, when they were fourth at Christmas, it took an injury to Yannick Bellassi, i.e. one of our two wingers, to propel us into a two-game winning, wins out of, what, 17, 18 games in that season in the league? It's it, it didn't, it was actually probably deceptively flimsy, that squad. It's just that we, we were lucky in the first half of the season that the players stayed fit. There will always be the concern that players uh, are not fit and, unav- and and become unavailable, particularly at the moment with COVID, where you might find that half your first team is wiped out in a week and just can't play for ten days, and you have to try and patch up your team as much as best as you can. But in the in, in the context of what might have been, I think they've done really well. I think I think seven is is really good. I don't look at it and think like I have done in the past. Oh my god, we don't have a left-footed left left back at the club. Oh my God. I mean, that was in the Premier League, by the way. We had yeah. no, we had Joel Ward or Martin Kelly, whatever, playing at left back. So at least there's a balance there. At least at least the manager has got options um, at present. There's also a lot of excitement because one of the one of the players that they're staking their reputations on, um, Dougie Friedman's obsession, Michael Elise, we haven't seen yet. Mm. We haven't seen it. He could be, he could be absolutely brilliant. He may be a player that Palace are struggling to keep hold of at the end of this season. Um, okay, it could go the other way as well, I guess. But, <laughs> but all I've I spoken to Premier League manager. I've spoken to two Premier League managers this season, and his name has cropped up as a player they'd like to have had, and he's gone to Crystal Palace instead. He's at Palace now, and he we should be fit immediately after this international win- window. Fingers crossed. So I think we should be really excited about that prospect. Um, he won't be the type of same type of winger that, that flourished when it was Balassi and Zaha on the flanks, but he's meant to be a really, really clever, creative player, and, and something that we've been lacking. So, I, considering what it might have been, I think this is this is being pretty damn good. We've and had the big outlay as well. I mean, if for Palace, even sixty million pounds. I mean, that's that's had to be done. You know, with external investment, with you know, looking throwing things
5: forward, it's it's
7: it's in a time at a time when finances across the board are fairly tight. Uh, that's not bad going, on, I think.
5: I think if you look look back, we went back to when we signed, uh, you know, Omar uh, or tried to sign Nias, for example. That About three and times, that, and, that, I mean. and that failed. You know, that tra- that that transfer then failed to kind of materialize that was a bad that was a bad window you know those kind of that kind of experience where you where you know that Palace needed to make signings and didn't and where you kind of felt like there was a need to kind of strengthen the team and they just didn't do it at le at the very least they've made key, key signings in key areas that have strengthened the areas that were weakened by players leaving so I think that's there you know you're right, Adam. That there is an issue with with the left back position a little bit. But as I say, I think that there is an element of coverage from other members of the squad. That they, 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 I'm sure, they see that there's an element of flexibility in the team. That that you know, if need if need be, they can make it work one way or another. Um, but that said, Rob, if I could just interject there,
7: Selzy's right in that if definitely if if if, if we simply don't have a, a full, the fullbacks to play. The style the manager wants us wants us to play, and we, we there's no prospect of them say arriving in in January either. Then it's actually the onus is on Patrick Vieira now to yeah to maybe try something different that that does suit the personnel. There has to be an e- element of pragmatism in any yeah. any head coach's philosophy and approach.
5: I I also do- think I also think with the with Tyree Mitchell there, there's an element to me. I think this is a guy who is a little bit nervous. I think that you know we've we've talked about this before, but this that he hasn't played in front of a full stadium. This it, on, on Saturday, he played in front of a 56,000 capacity crowd that were partisan, that wanted him to fail. So you, there's an element of, I'm sure, to me, it looked like a player who's a little bit kind of, a bit of a hermit kind of, a hermit crab kind of, you know, withdrawn yeah. into his shell, but he, he had to be encouraged to come out of it. And he and against West Ham in the second half, he showed why I think there's maybe an element of faith in his abilities to be that player it is going to be you know whenever you play a young player and whenever you change tactics and whenever you kind of tell you know change how you instruct a player to do their job it there's always going to be a transition period and I think in in the case of Tyreek Mitchell maybe we when we're trying to we're being a little bit quick to to rush to judgment on that but you're right there is an issue you know on the right side for example Joel Ward isn't it probably isn't what you would consider a modern day wing back or full you know fullback. Um so it is it, it it is going to end up being the manager's job to try and make make it work with what he's got. What were you going to say, Adam?
6: What what I what I wanted to ask you both was was in that sense, you know, with the manager sort of asking for constant uh, attacking reinforcements or or options as he put it, oddson edward enough for Patrick Vieira, given that he was probably looking for more, I would imagine, and perhaps thinking more along the lines of two or three more rather than one. So uh, I wonder what he makes of, uh, of the situation. But then, uh, as we've known, that for the last few years, the transfer windows have never quite ended up how we've anticipated, and this one, we've actually spent sixty million pounds. So, uh, you know, that's that's the upside. But I, like I said, I think we should have still done a little bit more and made a bit more use of, particularly a loan opportunity or two. When you see somebody like um, Abdullah Sima that went to Brighton, for instance, today, who's I know I know he's a player at Palace of held a long-standing interest. But I was told he was £25 million last year. He's now gone there for £7 million and can play centrally or as a right winger. And you wonder whether that's perhaps the sort of deal that we perhaps should have added. I can't imagine, wages-wise, a player from 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 uh, the Czech Republic is going to be earning significant money that... Uh, that would cause a big problem, either. So, yeah, I just wondered what you thought on that. Really, I can
7: I can see the logic, particularly with Simmer. I think that, that I think there must there must be an element of, of frustration that Palace didn't pursue that one because they had looked at him, and, and certainly uh, in the past that he he was someone they they'd explored the possibility of getting. So, but they, you're always going to have that, aren't you? We have to remember that we're up against other clubs selling these players, other other um, projects, other. Um, other wages, other wage, wage structures, um, and it is, it is a competition. So you're going to lose out on some. I think, and that 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 comes into it as well. I was just rereading Patrick Vieira's press conference quotes from the from the pre-West Ham press conference, and he 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 talked about a striker in that one. It wasn't it wasn't strikers. It was a striker to give us other give us more options. I think the implication being that that would leave them with three strikers. I I do wonder whether he probably... I I think everybody at that club probably would have liked to have brought in a a right winger as well um, for competition. But if they can't find the profile of player that they want or the deals on the table are simply too much, then maybe keep your powder dry a bit until January and see where you are. There, There are other options. I'm sure they'll pursue... If, if required in January, one of the players that, that um, you know, Selsi and I've been speaking about that, that we know that they like, Daryl Dyke at Orlando City. That he's not moved anywhere at the moment. He's there for another few months. Maybe that's someone that they go in for again in January and see if they can add another option then to their to their um, to their forward ranks. But I think I think I don't think we could have asked for an awful lot more. Really, realistically. It's it's funny how it always works at Palace. There's a splurge early on of on on arrivals and everybody, all the momentum gets built up, and then then they, invariably there's a pause. But I just think they were a bit unconvinced by a lot of the the options they were pursuing there, and, and the, the very fact that we can sit here and arm um, an hour about you know the merits of an Eddie and Ketier or, or an Odson Edouard and Edouard um, or an Adamo de Lutman or or, or or whatever that probably is indicative of the market and and the type of options that are out there.
0: When I deployed, I didn't realize that even the air I was breathing
3: was dangerous. Since coming home, I've watched friends get sick and struggle to get the support
0: they deserve. But now, that's finally changing. We're eligible for new VA health care and benefits based on when and where we served. Even though I feel
1: okay, I'm going to apply. For my sake and for my family. Learn more and apply today. Visit va.gov p-a-c-t. Back to part three of this week's 5-Year Plan podcast. Free. Sponsored by graphic designer and Palace fan Matthew J.I. Wood, who is offering 20% off his entire range of prints, mugs, canvases and frames. To grab yours and get your discount, enter the code FYP20 at checkout at MatthewJIWood.com. Uh, right, we do have questions, but I'm going to go straight into the previewing uh, the Spurs game. Before I do that, Kevin, here's someone following up from something we talked about last week. We had, it was Mark Club 86. Yeah, hi, Mark. And we were wondering what that's about. And he says, top pod this week. Club 86 is my new pod focusing on all clubs outside the top six. Oh, nice minus idea. six. Yeah. yeah. Early days, but inspired by listening to you, gents. Oh. Uh, but I'm sure there's also Club 86. You've had a wild night in as well. <laughs> Mark, you have <laughs> no idea. Uh, but anyway, good luck with that podcast, Mark. That sounds like a good um, idea. So, uh, Spurs, 11, no, 12.30 kickoff. Uh, on Saturday, the early game, first game of the weekend, I believe. Um, we've got a question here from... Oh, I apologise. I've actually lost this person's name. I'm so sorry, but you're going to read the question out anyway. Um, is the Tottenham game perfectly timed, given the injury to one of their star players? I think Son has just picked up an injury, potentially, on... on uh, mm. And the COVID rule-breakers in South America. I don't know if you guys saw that bizarre Argentina... Brazil game, um, Chloe. Do you think it's actually going to end up? Um, and maybe there's potential whispers that you know Elise might possibly be involved or in somehow. I don't know if that's too early. Do you think maybe it's I'll, good timing for us?
4: I'll just walk you through a brain process that I just had. My brain went, oh, I think this is a sort of game we'll either lose two nil or win two one. And then my brain went, All we could draw one one. <laughs> so my hot take is that we're either gonna win, lose, or draw. Bold, um
3: <laughs> bold. I agree. That's I agree. Sorry,
4: I don't know if you guys think the same, but um, <sighs> look, it's one of those things where Spurs could surprise us and do something very professional and very classy, or they could do something very Spurs-y, and everyone's thinking they look great, free ones on the bounce new manager looks really good Delhi alley is having a revival they've got the Harry Kane thing sorted they'll ha- they'll be a bit more settled um, you know Oliver the skip looks good uh, or we could just embarrass them and I really hope it's the latter but again I think it's if we can frustrate them for the first 30 minutes the first half potentially um, and really um, work the break well then I think we've got a chance. But, again, I think it's a free hit and, um, and and we might get something out of it.
1: Yeah, we do seem to have a not bad record against them at home in recent years. We have got a couple of draws against them mm. and stifled away from home. We do seem to have a particularly bad record, yeah. especially at the new stadium. They seem to hammer us quite a lot. Um, so hopefully yeah. that form continues with the, the home form. Robbie Scotcher, friend, Hi, Robbie. friend of the pod, Robbie, Hi, Robbie. has actually almost followed on from something we are talking about earlier, Kevin. He says, Against Spurs, we'll probably spend more time defending than attacking. Benteke's defensive work at corners is exceptional. Is this overlooked? Can anyone else do it? And does it make him harder to drop?
2: <clears throat> I think under Hodgson, it probably would have made him harder to drop. I think I think the interesting thing about this game is the first time in three, four or five seasons, you can't really predict how we're going to play from the start. Um, you have to be honest and, and think when you're playing Tottenham, there is that slight hope that Son and Harry Kane will pick up one tiny injury that keeps them out of one game only uh, and then they're fit for the rest of the season because they are two exceptional players. I think West Ham fans would argue that they're as good as Spurs at the moment. Certainly their record almost shows that. And I think in the second or the last half hour at least of the game against West Ham we looked... Particularly good. I think it's one of those games where you don't really want us to approach it with caution. Where you think, oh, we? Well, yeah, we've got, we've got these younger, energetic players. Let's let's use that youth and energy. Let's try and win the ball higher up the pitch right from the start, rather than ten from ten minutes into the second half which we did against West Ham. But I, I generally don't know. I, I'm, I'm like Chloe. Each time I close my eyes, there's a different process. Sometimes I close my eyes and think, well, it'll be the same old, same old. We'll we'll sit back and try and hit them the break. Sometimes I close my eyes and think, "No, we're going to go for it. We're going to, you know, this is because they. The other hope as well is they've won three games, but only one, one nil each time. And talking to Spurs fans, they're saying they look more, they actually look harder to beat, but less exciting to watch. So, I think a lot of it depends on their attitude as well, really. There's, and there's always that strange. I'd, I'd love to see what the figures are for twelve thirty kickoffs because there's always that strange thing with a. The first half hour of a twelve thirty kickoff on a, on a warm day is just nearly right. always, nearly always walking pace. Just, I, I, I don't know whether it's to do with the psychology of the players or the fans or, or whatever it is, but there's it's always something odd about those games. And I, I think of the of the so-called big teams, Tottenham at home, are the one we are, where we are most likely to get a result at the moment. So I don't, I certainly don't approach it with any fear, but I I, I do genuinely hope that he approaches it with a positive. Mindset and you know, going back to the question from Robbie, picking Teke because he defends corners well wouldn't necessarily indicate that, that positive mindset. Although Anderson again did look slightly <coughs> dodgy a few times in the air against West Ham, so you, you never know. It's one of the reasons I would expect Chiati to, you know, without in the absence of Luca, I'd expect Chiati to start um, <clears throat> and then he, he gives you that height at the back as well.
1: Yeah, Joe, I didn't realise. Kevin just mentioned that they had won 3 out of 3 they are of course tops so it's the second mm. game in a row that we've played the league the top leaders. Team,
3: yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: they've actually Kevin's right 3-1-0 wins they've not conceded a goal
3: yet this season
1: do you think we're going to be the first team to uh, change that?
3: I think we've got a great window opportunity because you mentioned some of the players missing two of those are centre-halves one is Romero mm. who they've just signed and the other is Davidson Sanchez who has an injury um, so they're probably going to be starting with, maybe they go to a back three, which Anuno has done this season at times. But you're, looking, you're talking about Eric Dyer and Joe, I think Joe Rodon played for mm-hmm. Wales in the week. It's not their favoured first choices. So there is an opportunity there, whether it's Benteke or if, we just, if it's others to really kind of attack and impose their presence. And just keep them worrying a bit more at that end of the pitch. I think that's possible, especially if, as we say, this Vieira style is... Encouraged to win the ball higher up the pitch From what we've seen so far this season It appears to work for the opening exchanges And then we run out of steam just a little mm. bit um, I don't know if that's a personnel thing Or just something that we'll grow into But yeah, I think we I, I expect us to start quite brightly And give them a few things to worry about It's just if we can keep tight You know, they've got they've got depth elsewhere And firepower as well Sun missing still means they have Harry Kane Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. that's it's a risk you kind of have to take Against these teams
2: well, the other factor is as well that it, Vieira is going to really 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 want to beat Spurs, mm-hmm. and I imagine he 's going to get booed by the Spurs fans every time the ball goes near him, whether that 's a good thing or a bad thing that he he's going to really really want whether he's you know he will have the players pumped up to beat mm. to beat spurs he'll you know he'll want to give Arsenal fans a treat yeah, you know, of course he 's palace manager he wants to beat them for that reason, but the game has extra uh meaning resonance for him without a doubt it's the first time he's played Spurs in the Premier League. I imagine the media will really, really focus on that in the days to come before the game. Uh, and it's how the Palace team manage that as well.
4: But that's, that's just going to get Celeste going, isn't it? Cause I as hope he, so, yeah. Soon as, yeah. Hear, uh, as soon as you hear Spurs booing, we're going to try and drown them out. And um, maybe that, that will endear Vieira to us because we're, we're sort of trying to defend him a little mm. bit, you know.
1: Yeah, Yeah. maybe so. It'll be very interesting to see, uh, to see how that plays out. Um, so we'll see. But well, guys, thank you very much for joining us on this International Break <laughs> special episode. Chloe, great to have you back on. I hope you'll come back on again. In fact, you are back on in two weeks, I think.
4: Yeah, yeah, I, I can't wait. It'll be great. Oh,
1: fantastic. Uh, Joe, great to have you on. You are also back on in a couple of weeks, I think, as well. Yeah, please
3: so. Can't wait. Bring it on. Ah, oh, fantastic. And Kevin, you're always here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for putting it like that. I'm JD...
2: I... I think everybody knows that I love you like a son, J.D., but one of the reasons I do is that only you can have a question special that involved three questions.
1: (laughs) 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 Didn't need it in there because you guys were just so good at chatting.
2: I know. But all those people at home thinking this will be the week, surely. (laughs) My question about Steve Kemper will get read out this week, surely. It's been 14 years. (laughs)
1: Well, maybe one of us will pick a Steve Kemper clip in, uh, in future weeks for, uh, for Clip the Bar. But in the meantime, guys, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you to, for, for listening. Thank you to our patrons for supporting us. Of course, if you want to join the patron, go to patron.com forward slash FYP podcast. Don't forget to get your tickets for the live pod Thursday, the 11th of November at Streatham Space Project. Uh, they're going to sell out pretty quick, I think. So go on to eventbrite.co.uk and get those. And look out for the FYP Times OMP crossover, that's how the kids say it, apparently, crossover episode, uh, crossover fanzine, available before the Spurs game this Saturday, the 11th of September. And don't forget to get your 20% off Matthew J.I. Wood's entire range of prints, mugs, canvases, and frames by entering the code FYP20 at the checkout at matthewjwood.com uh, That's it. Thanks for listening. See you again soon. Bye.
0: Welcome to Vast National Bank. How can I help you? Hey, I'm here to talk to someone about a loan. Oh, I'll grab you the L97B. (laughs) We call it the just talking form.
7: What about actually applying for a loan?
5: Oh, my. Let me pop in a new toner cartridge.
0: Hey, Bill, want to pass me the big stapler?
5: Yeah, I'm going to try a community bank.
0: Skip the mega bank. When you need a loan, find a community bank at
2: banklocally.org.